Our very own Abbey Theatre, as we know it today, has been around for about 50 years. Its founders began performing at Culver Hall, which is long since demolished, and then moved to the Abbey Mill Theatre, also gone, after a pause during the Second World War. The theatre, as we know it today, was opened in 1968 by the late Queen Mother. And since then, with its own company of ten, as well as many guest performers, it's become a major centre for theatre and related activities. Earlier this week, I chatted with theatre manager Tina Swain and production executive Karen Thomas, and I began by asking Tina how the Abbey Theatre has coped with the pandemic and all the difficulties it brought. It's a year since we went into lockdown on the 17th of March last year. The theatre in that period has been closed for 300 days. So we did manage to open for a short period of time, but it has been obviously extremely difficult because we haven't been able to run our activities, to generate any income, to offer interesting activities for our members whether social or production activities, and all of our members and our loyal supporters and customers are just longing to get back into the theatre again. When March happened, the first lockdown was put in place, were you ready for that? Did you anticipate that? No, I don't think anyone anticipated it. It came as a complete surprise I think across the country, we'd all thought that coronavirus was going to be something that would maybe touch us a little, that might affect us in some ways. We'd all probably have to go and get vaccinations or people would run out of toilet rolls and pasta. Those were obviously the main concerns. So when the theatres were closed, it was a shock. We were just about to open with a production of The Merry Widow. The St Albans Chamber Opera were just about to open their production on the very day that we closed down. So it was an enormous shock. They literally had to clear out their costumes, props, set and actors over a period of two days because we couldn't go forward with the performance. So you had scheduled through from March, presumably for the next couple of years? Yes, we certainly had through to the end of this season, coming up in July. We had all our productions scheduled. We had a number of hirers, visiting companies, both local, amateur, semi-professional companies, but also obviously all the drama and dance showcases which perform normally on our main stage once a year. And all of those had to be cancelled over the last 12 months, which was devastating for us, but also for all the local companies, particularly the young people and our older members for whom this is the centre of their social life and their activities. So it was a great loss for everyone, really. Across our programming, we have our own productions. And then in the gaps in between, we offer that space to other local companies to come in. Sometimes it's a one night event. Sometimes it's a week long event. But also you have a a studio theatre as well as the uh, main stage. That's right, yes. And that theatre has not been able to reopen since March last year because the space is too small to be viable for the audience to be socially distanced, even though we have managed to put on some productions in our main theatre. So when we were in the first lockdown, you went into a huddle and thought, what are we going to do about this? What was the first thing you were able actually to do? Well, we started off by thinking about how we would postpone productions because we, at the time, everyone seemed to think it was fairly short term. So we were hoping that we would be open again by the summer, which didn't happen. But we also had quite an active involvement in producing PPE for local hospices and healthcare professionals and also face coverings for all our own members. 
So our wardrobe department requested donations of fabric, which our members gave, and used some of our stock as well, and uh, distributed that for people to make, particularly face coverings, but also other types of PPE gowns and uh, hats in their own homes. And then those were distributed to a couple of local hospices and also to directly to our members. And of course, the other project that we were involved in more recently than that from December was uh, Sopwell Community Trust Food Bank, which operated from here for a couple of months over Christmas and also sending out boxes of fresh fruit and vegetables to schools for the school lunch programme at the beginning of this year. Then obviously trying to make the building COVID secure for volunteers who were coming in to carry out various necessary maintenance jobs. But we simply couldn't reopen in the course of that season with any further productions. We had nothing at all until September because we close in the summer in any case. Our activities go into a sort of summer recess. So September, we started off again and our IT volunteer and, uh, and I worked to try and get some sort of live streaming programme going. So developing the technology, buying in some equipment, learning how to use it to be able to live stream to audiences by the ever popular and uh, overused Zoom, which is how we, we move yeah. forward. We used sort of IT and, and, and Zoom and online platforms really well in the lockdown because it was really important for us to still reach out to our members and still provide a theatrical experience. So even when we were closed, sort of in the sort of April, May, June time, we did something called the Corona Monologues, where we invited people to write monologues, obviously, <laughs> the only thing you could perform, perform them up home and share them with members upload them to our website so even though the building was closed we did you know as, as the company of 10 we did have a as a resident company we did have a sort of a presence with our members and we did try and sort of utilize other platforms which was really really well received and really interesting for us to, to look at other things I think the one thing COVID has done is made everybody look at the way that they work and try and find new and in innovative ways to still enjoy them. And Karen, you were learning how to use technology that you hadn't been using particularly before. And there's cost involved in that. So you're getting no income and additional costs. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we relied very heavily on the generosity of our members and our volunteers, as, as we always do. But we also were lucky enough to be in receipt of some grants, however small, from the government. But it has been a real struggle to keep our building up and running. I mean, it, it even closed. This building costs £3,000 a week to, to keep going. It's a big building and it has running costs. We have salary costs. So it has been, you know, has been a difficult time as it has been for any business. So we relied very heavily on the support of our volunteers and we did manage to open in September. So we did manage four productions one way or another, <laughs> which has generated some income. So, yeah, it, it, it has been a, a challenge and a balancing act as it has been for any business. So having learnt how to use this magical technology, when did you start? your first recording of a live performance and then the streaming of that theatres were allowed to open um sort of towards the latter part
part of the year and we opened our season. So we are usually dark over the summer. That's traditionally a period of time when the theatre is not open. So we opened for our season in September with a very different programme to the one we had planned. And our first production was something that was written by one of our members, Brian Levison, who is a television scriptwriter. And he wrote us a comedy sketch show called Radio Fun, which was our first foray into live streaming. And that was just for live streaming only. And we live streamed that from the main stage over four nights. And that was really, really well received by by members and, and by the community who bought tickets. And it was a really good platform for us to learn as well about how it would work and whether this would be possible. Because that was a, you know, a sketch show that was very much designed as four people on stage, very socially distanced and gave us a chance to, to work out how the technology would work. But then we had to translate that into a more traditional play and a more traditional production. And by that time, theatres were open for the public as well. So we were obviously very eager to get our members back, but we were very aware that there were lots of our members and lots of people generally in St Albans that wouldn't be able to come out or wouldn't feel comfortable coming out. And it was very important that we included them in our offer. So we started hybrid productions whereby we live streamed it and had audiences in at the same time. And it was lovely because we did Building the Wall, which was the production that was in rehearsal, our production that was in rehearsal when we closed. As Tina said, we didn't really expect it. I think we had a production meeting the day before lockdown and we were sort of, you know, going, well, will this be up? And we we're like, yes. And then all of a sudden it was just gone in a heartbeat. So it was it was lovely to start with that production and it was a really important production as well you know theatre isn't just about entertaining us it's about posing difficult questions and and it was really good to get back to that and it was our first hybrid production but it was our last because the next two productions relatively speaking a comedy and then our Christmas show The Secret Garden were all rehearsed and ready to go and lockdowns occurred pretty much the night before both of them. But then technology saved us again because even though we couldn't live stream those productions, we were permitted under the licenses to make a recording of those and to stream them every night that we were going to have the production anyway. At least audiences could tune in on the night that they were going to come out to the theatre and see the show. So, yeah, IT has been a, a big saviour for us over this lockdown. How do people know that these productions are available? They don't know what's being streamed and what isn't, unless you can tell them. How do you tell them? Basically, our website and through big social media campaigns, Facebook, Instagram, the Hearts ad, obviously good enough to run articles about how and what we're doing. So sort of getting the message out that way. That took you up to the end of 2020, is that right? Yes, so we finished with the Christmas show and then obviously we're in lockdown again. And yeah, again, you know, trying to make sure we've got activities for our members. We've just finished an online new writing festival called Food Festival Online Drama. So again, utilising um, Zoom and, and, and online platforms. But we are looking forward very much to getting back to live theatre. And live theatre can start again on the 17th of May and we will be there. We'll be there on the we'll 18th. 18th. All right, we'll be there on the 18th. <laughs> Just in case, give us other days. So we've got the season that we had planned for this winter early 2021 we will now open with in may so really really looking forward to that and you're not going to do any more live streaming in the meantime they will be live streamed there'll be hybrid productions as well right will you be socially distanced audiences again from that point onwards 
We think so. When we open, definitely. It's still very unclear and completely understandably exactly what we will be able to do. But it's just so important to us that what we do is safe. And we will start with Endgame by Samuel Beckett, which was in rehearsal when we locked down for the third time. So it'd be really good to get that on show. And that will be hybrid and it will be socially distanced, as will two, our next production, a comedy. And we'll just have to wait and see. We will be following government guidelines. But again, safety is a priority at this point and we with the hybrid nature of our shows there's plenty of opportunities to watch whether you come to the theatre or whether you're watching at home do you anticipate that you'll be able to watch the live show or is it just recorded in subsequent evenings whilst the 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 country is out of lockdown they are live shows so you are watching what's going on live in the theatre each night yeah you could watch it every night and it could be slightly different How do the actors cope with this? I think very, very well. I mean, it's very unintrusive. The recording goes on from the back two rows of the auditorium. So they are aware that it's there. But as with most theatre, you get out on stage, the lights are on you and you can't really see what's what's going on in the audience. And you get into your character and really you're immersed in the show. So I don't think that they're too aware of the fact that it's going out live around St Albans. But, you know, I think it's it's just a great opportunity for for more people to be able to see our productions. We've had people tuning in to our productions from across the world, certainly from the States, from Germany, and even as far away as Australia for some of the performances. That's a a bonus, an interesting bonus. Does that mean that you're thinking that you'll carry on doing this whenever COVID goes away? We're not sure. We're really not sure. I mean, our passion is live theatre and we've been just so, so desperate through every lockdown to to get back to that. So, you know, we're we're not sure whether this is something that is for the future. It's certainly been an absolute lifesaver through COVID. But what we really want to see is our theatre packed with people again. So we're not sure. We're, we're, we're thinking. Because you said earlier that the situation creates new opportunities as well as new challenges and new difficulties. And this could be one of them. It could be, but I think we are very keen to, to get back to our core purposes and our core aims. So it could be certainly online platforms and the, the use of things like Zoom and, and other things like that to produce theatre and to look at new writing. Absolutely. Whether we will live stream and have in theatre for all of our coming productions, I'm not sure. But the other practical problem is that the agents might withdraw the licences or might put the cost of those up once it's not essential. At the moment, they're obviously giving some consideration to the fact that it's the only way theatre can happen in many cases. But once the uh, lockdown ends and social distancing ends, we think that those prices will go up beyond our means to be able to continue to do both. And we will also need to go back to full capacity at some point in our auditorium, which means that the two rows that are currently allocated to the camera and video operators will not be available because we will want to sell those seats to people to actually come to the theatre to (laughs) see the plays themselves. Of course. You can't wait for that to happen. Just remind us again of the upcoming uh, productions. I know Endgame is one of them. It's an interesting one to do. We will open with Samuel Beckett's Endgame. Very apt for what we've just been through. Yes, I know. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be uh, strangely, uh, strangely prophetic, I suppose. And then after that, two weeks after that, we will have two by Jim Cartwright. And then three weeks after that, we will have Skylight by David Hare. And then three weeks after that, St Albans Youth Music Theatre, one of our youth groups, will be doing Snoopy the Musical in July. So something 
something very entertaining and happy to end our season on. And the best way for people to know what's going on is to, can you sign up for information to be sent to you? Definitely. We have a, an email list, so information goes out to people normally once a month or if the season's busy, then once a fortnight. And obviously our website is kept uh, regularly updated. We haven't put our productions on sale yet because we're waiting to see how things are settling down and whether we will definitely be able to go ahead. We're obviously waiting for that first cut-off point at which the government said they were going to review things. And then hopefully from the beginning of April, all four of those productions will be on sale for people to buy tickets. And they'll start if that runs according to schedule. They'll be in the middle of May or thereabouts, 18th of May. 18th of May, we start back. So yes, as soon as as soon as we feel that the the, the government's roadmap is going to happen, I think we've got to wait and see what the impact of opening the schools tells us. Sure. As you know, the government give us more blue lights. We will be putting the the season on sale. As I say, all those productions are hybrid, so all of those productions that people will be able to see in theatre or online as a live stream, live stream that night, and then obviously we wait and see what's September brings. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Tina Swain and Karen Thomas of Abbey Theatre St Albans. We look forward to (laughs) all that you look forward to is when the stage is live again. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye.